It's your boy, Eyes Open. I need you to listen to Open Eyes. I need you to listen to WADR. That's the one and only, with all due respect, podcast. You can find us on Facebook at With All Due Respect Podcast. Find us on Twitter at A underscore broadcast and Instagram at With All Due Respect Zero zero one and a very special radio show on radio garden it's wadr radio show holla at us I'm about to lasso, Castro the asshole, turn him into mincemeat, for ramen casserole, beat it to a thick booty bad bitch, she'll fucking kill me if I try to feed a cabbage, pussy fried catfish, I'ma hit them boys with Mandalorian hat tricks, I ain't never had shit, till I turn to rap, and a rapper to rapper, Kappa Lambda, I'm on some fragile shit, packing on packers damage, stamming on stacking damage, acting out like an asses. If you move it against me, it's like my last. You should've taken some classes. Uh-huh. Baby, what is he rapping? If you couldn't hack it, then maybe you should trash it. I'ma serve it like a delivery package. Misery's a habit in the latest fashion. She likes to pull up in the fastest. Hoopy with the black tip. We get it cracking. She releasing the dragon. Hold up. Fire breathing. I am not a heathen. I am just a lion crushing everything he's saying. Heat seeking, miss a lunch with a beacon. With all due respect, fuck you for even speaking. How? Yo, 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 it's your man Castro X coming at you live and direct with the with, the, with, with all due respect podcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's a very special day. Uh, two TDT in the motherfucking house as per usual. Always. Um, I got two very special guests. One is a reoccurring guest, one is a new guest. So, uh, you know what I mean? It's going to be good. It's going to be gravy. It's going to be amazing. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, local Tulsa stand-up comedian, uh, Evan Hughes in the building. Hi. You know what I mean? And uh, I got Miss Tracy Powers in Hi. the building with us. Uh, how you doing, Miss Tracy? I'm doing great. Fantastic. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad both of you are here. Really quick, just because you're new to the show, I just want to... Uh, Give a little rundown on who you are so my audience knows uh, who I'm talking to. Uh, Evan informs me that you do, you know what I mean, a little bit of stage acting and things like that. You want to mm-hmm. talk to us about that really quick? Yeah, I uh, started doing acting a little more seriously after high school, but before then it was a lot of like prose interpretation, which is essentially just kind of monologuing, mm. but with pieces that you kind of make from books or TV scripts or things like that. And that was kind of my first little taste of it. And I remember standing at this competition when I was in like my junior year of high school and just getting like this crazy adrenaline rush that I really can't describe, but it was almost like that lightning in a box moment where you realize like, you found your thing, like this is the thing that you're supposed to do. And it kind of just, after high school, I started exploring more things like film and stage and all that. And now I've got a nice reoccurring part at the Spotlight Theater doing The Drunkard with them. And it's since COVID, um, been kind of like the one steady thing that I've had. Mm. 
I think that that's uh, pretty incredible. Have you done other things outside of the Junkard? I did some work with Encore Tulsa hmm. um, summer before last, I think it was. Um, the director there, his name is Joshua Branson Barker. He has this original series called The Lost Pages, which is essentially like kind of like that Shrek once upon a time mixed fairy tale sort of deal. And that was incredibly fun. It was a break from a lot of the serious stuff that I had been doing in high school with a lot of my pieces. I got to play the Wicked Witch of the West. That's awesome. Got to do the voice, got to be painted green. Got Heck a broom yeah. that was like almost twice my height. It was great. That's pretty awesome. Uh Acting fascinates me, right? Because I'm a nerd. Obviously, I enjoy film. I enjoy movies. I enjoy literally I mean, anything I can find on the on the television. I feel like that's a big part of a lot of human beings' childhoods. Human beings. I don't know why I said that. But uh, <laughs> there's somebody else here on the planet. There might be. But um, it, it, what goes into it is what really impresses me, right? Because I viewed it first, I guess, as the audience, right? Um, I have a friend, Ali Shea. Evans met her. Tia knows her. Um, she does a little bit of acting and things as well. Um, and so I wanted to act, right? I sat down with her to do, uh, I guess what they call it, a cold read or a script read or something like that. And that's where I learned, like, acting takes, like, the most skill, right? Because I thought, like, I could just do it. Like, as I was reading, it was very monotone, boring, um, I, I didn't know what I was doing, and then Allie went on. It's like a, a light switch, you know what I mean? And you guys go into this mode, this character, you know what I mean? Uh, I find that fascinating how you guys are able to switch into a completely different human being. It's a really freeing kind of feeling to be able to just kind of turn your brain off for mm. a few minutes or an hour or however long you're doing it. And yeah. just kind of like, cause for me, it really became the best sort of therapy I could give myself because it's like for that time period, it's like, all right, Tracy's gone. Her problems, the things that she's dealing with, like, they don't exist anymore. Who is she? I can be this person, or I can be that person, and I can have their problems and their situations and just kind of take a break from me. So outside of just a passion, it's wonderful self-care. See, and I think that's beautiful. I'm very big into self-therapy and self-care. Um, go ahead, Tia. Okay, so um, I just had a quick question. In, high, in, like, high school or anything, did you do speech or anything like that? Yeah, I was uh, on the speech and debate team, which was um, how I got to do the prose interp, and that was probably... Again, like the best self care I could give myself at that time. Mm. I did speech and I did speech when I was in high school, and I can agree with you on that. It's great to be able to just not think about anything yeah. else and just one thing that's like a completely different person. And so it's it's, it's fun. It's fun. So does it translate over speech and stuff like that? Does it did it, it all translate over to what you do now? Oh, absolutely. It taught me a lot about uh, stage presence. Because mm. with that, you would know, but you have to stand there, you have your book, and you're kind of restricted to the space that you have. And in that seven minutes, you have to take, say, like the piece you got from a book or a movie script where typically you have like a bunch of visuals and stuff around it, but with that you just have you and your deliverance of the words. So you have to kind of figure out how to keep these people entertained and keep their attention on you in that restricted space. And it taught me a lot of like hand gestures and tone and stance and just all of that. And I think it helped me be able to deliver lines a lot better. Hmm. I think that's really awesome. Uh, I'm going to quit picking on you here and just saying, I promise. <laughs> but like I said, I'm a nerd for this. So like now I have you yeah. in here and you're, you're an actress. So like I don't get to talk to people that act a lot. I had an actor in here the other day, our first actor, Buddy Rodriguez. 
Um, really cool guy. He's in uh, Blurreds. Uh, yeah, I love Buddy. Yeah, he's yeah. so sweet. He's a good friend. It's what I'm loving about you guys in general. You know, and you guys being the guests that come in, you're like, you're so genuine. You know what I mean? Like, being the podcast guy, like, I think I'm, I'm meeting, like, people that are going to come in here with, like, a big persona and act as if they do. And uh, you guys are just human. And it's, Thank like, God. It feels so like, good. Honestly. You know what I mean? I'm always trying to, like, lower myself from what people are trying to, like, build me up to when they when they talk to me because people are like oh you're not like no no i'm like trying to settle it down see because you definitely do have a reputation you know what i mean you've been building out here uh which i think is incredible but and then i meet you and you're just you're the sweetest guy you told me you loved me yesterday and it caught me off guard because <laughs> he yeah. said oh what yeah i, was like, <laughs> I just said i make it weird <laughs> no it's fine because i tell i tell like I tell my brothers that and stuff, like, it's fine, you know, I just, but I responded, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I didn't get that I love you back. I was like, mm, He okay, said, this okay. is interesting, little sus. <laughs> no, it's not like that, man. It's definitely, it's all I threw it out a little too soon in the friendship. <laughs> no, it's all, it's, it's. Death in the waters. It's all hey, love. once I've been in your bedroom, then, you know. This I is your second time. I can tell you I love you. This is your second time. This is the comeback. You, second. You know what I mean? They call me the comeback kid. Nobody calls you okay. the comeback kid. <laughs> hey. He calls himself the comeback kid. So he said this before you've heard him say this? Yeah. He says it every time we play chess. Yeah, because yeah. I get down, like, you know, I throw my queen away or whatever, and then I, I come all the way back. Mm. You know, I have, I gave, I don't, I don't want to say I gave myself the nickname, I feel like it was given to me, but I, I definitely spread it around. I definitely <laughs> tell people. Has anybody said it to you yet? Like, has anybody, this is the comeback kid. I feel I'm, like I'm waiting on it. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna, it has, specific, I'm gonna find I don't want to lie day. on the podcast. It hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. I'm, I'm gonna just, find a day where you're just out chilling. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run into you and I'm gonna introduce you to somebody that. Thank you. The, I don't even know. And I'll do that for you. I'll I try. Tia, I appreciate you so much. See, that's the key. You just gotta, you gotta believe in yourself first, and then you believe in yourself really hard. Eventually, other people will come around <laughs> and parrot the stuff that you say about yourself. Eventually. It hasn't happened yet. That's deep, though. Yeah. Like, I like how he's throwing that out, like, slightly joking, but, like, that's just true. He's like, yeah. no, seriously. <laughs> that's just kind of truth. Um, have you ever uh, done some comedy over there at the 46 Bar in Tulsa? Wait. Oh, like, on, it's on, uh, it's over on the in the arts district mm -hmm. over there. I actually have been in there a couple times, but I haven't done comedy in there. I like that little bar. I haven't been in there yet. We're about to Me do either. a live show over there, our first live podcast. That's awesome. Uh, man, Holy I'm so excited, shit. super That's nervous. Monday. But it'll be on the, t yeah, it's this Monday on the 12th, um, and it's going to be a comedy show. Great. Uh, where we'll have other comedians and things. I didn't know if you were uh, going to be looped into that eventually or what, but... I'd be down, like, any time. Just, like, let me know. I yeah, will definitely keep that in mind. Um, who, who, is it Caleb's show? Caleb. Yeah. Okay, makes he's sense. Doing, he's making moves, man. He's doing his little thing out here, and I'm proud to see it. You know what I mean? Um, his little comedy on the corner. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Yeah, that's really cool. He's doing his thing. But um, I say all of that to say, you know what I mean, with me, because we'll be doing the podcast there every every month. You know what I'm saying? So... When, because I'm pretty sure you're gonna get booked eventually. I mean, we gotta book <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. yeah, it's a, a must. Yeah, oh my God! When you do, I'm introducing you. Is I, that? That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd she snatch that? <laughs> that's because what I'm I was connecting them. Like as you were talking, I was like, okay, that's She's cool. Like, oh wait, I know exactly shot. where this is going. Now. Well, I figured like Michael Jackson was probably the first one to call himself King of Pop. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I. I, mean, I could see that. Yeah, I just think it sounds it sounds good, and it's how I play chess. 
That's enough reason right there. When I think of the comeback kid, I think of uh, it makes me think of I'm a I used to do professional wrestling, so I told you guys the heartbreak kid, the heart exactly. Yeah. That's who I think. See, of. I would have done that one, but it was taken. You could be, <laughs> <laughs> but the comeback kid is you. It's it's real. You know what I mean? Thank and, you. And I like that. You feel me? That that'll definitely work. But I'm glad you stole my shine because like I was on a tangent. I was really <laughs> to, like, I told a whole story, promoted the show. You know what I'm saying? Just I'm taking this. Stuff. But uh, you definitely got to get involved with that, man. Uh, it'll be because I'm still yet to get to see one of your sets because I work all the time. Well, they so. can't they can't keep their comedy show in Tulsa if I'm not on it. It's yeah. a boy. He said this is his turf. <laughs> we got to move yeah. around. Which it's like it's like the mob, you know? Like they come around, they're like, all right. Right. I like that. <laughs> I need my piece of this action. See, and the thing is, you got enough of a following to be like, hey, not this, pun- not this comedy show. Don't go over there. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, we're not going. Luckily, Caleb and I are friends. It won't be a problem. He's a really sweet guy, man. Uh, I like him. I went to two of his comedy classes as well because I started trying to work on some some jokes. Uh, I'm ass. All my jokes are like... They're not lame. bad. They're not bad. They're not lame either. He's his biggest fucking critic. I feel like that's art, though, right? In art, you're always going to be your own biggest critic. Talk to me. What do you guys think about that? I think that? I'm absolutely my biggest critic. In life in general. <laughs> in life, yeah. You hung out with me. Yeah. <laughs> Every Everything about her she doesn't like. I think I was insulting myself on the way over here, was I not? I made like one or two self-deprecating comments. Castro yeah. is getting me in the habit of not doing that. Words have power, right? Um, I've been reading a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I've been reading a lot. And so, like, I mean, I've been learning about the power of words and the power of things that you speak into existence, right? Uh, manifestation. So if I'm sitting here saying to myself and to the world, I can't or I won't or I, you know, things like that, just <coughs> negative things. Certain. Uh, <coughs> I feel like it has a, it plays into the entire universe and weird stuff like that. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I definitely, I remember reading um, a quote on Instagram one time saying that, like, you shouldn't talk bad about yourself because you might be joking, but, like, your your spirit, in a sense, like, can't tell the difference. Right. I, and I agree. I, but I also feel like um, making fun of yourself, right, I, I feel like it's good in the same breath because, like, I mean, you just got to have the mind to know when you're telling yourself these things, you know what I mean? Uh you know, that's not. That's the, the only right that I even get, like get over any kind of trauma in the first place. I gotta make fun of it. Well, it's also like I look at it as almost like baking a cake or whatever. Like you, you know, you have to have like this much sugar and this much, you know, salt or cream or whatever you need to do. And it's like you kind of need to know that about yourself too. You need to know how often you need to humble yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. How often you need to like bring yourself up a little bit. You know, you know, need to know how much to do both to like say say the right encouraging things to yourself but also like knock yourself down a little bit too but right. if you're doing it too much like if it's all knockdown or if it's all just like I'm the shit like it's it's the cake's not going to come out right I definitely agree um and so you you're very positive it seems you know what I'm saying uh mm-hmm. from my time spending spending my time with you but I think you've told me on your last episode here that um I mean some of your set is, you know what I mean, what is it, self-deprecation, which is a lot, what a lot of comedians do. Um, I feel like that's therapeutic sometimes, you know, to get up there and talk shit about the things that you're insecure about makes it fucking funnier, makes it makes you feel good about it, you know what I mean? Uh, you want to talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, I always, always, always tell people to, like, start there. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had over the last, like, six years with people talking about, 
you know, they want to get into comedy and they'll give me like a little bit of, you know, a joke they've been thinking about doing or kind of, they'll kind of let me know what they would do if they would do it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just always think it's a bad idea to start, you know, if you're, if you're new to comedy and you get up there and you're like, oh, well, don't you hate it when, you know, these people do this or these people do that and stuff. And it's just like, that's not really a good place to, to start with comedy. Um, just like with anything else, like if you wanted to play basketball, it's like, what would be the first thing you would learn? You know, you learn to dribble, you know, learn to shoot and that kind of style, you know, they've seen it on TV, you know, they've seen people's specials and it's like, that's like seeing someone jump from the free throw line. And it's like, you want to start there because that's what you've watched, you know, like just because you've watched highlights, that's not the way you should get started. You should learn the basics and it's just... If you're really, really good at, at comedy, like a Bill Burr level, you can get up there and talk about these people because he's good enough. He knows how to do it in such a way that doesn't come up, come across as a dick. And even if he did come across as a dick, he knows how to get himself out of it too. He knows all the tricks to, he, he knows how to do it at a level that someone starting does not know. They're going to fall into dick territory and then they don't know how to get out. Right. Um, so the easiest way is to just get up there and, like, let's say your set isn't even that good because you're brand new. But you get up there and you're like, look, I went to bed, I got dumped last week, whatever, I got fired. Like, all that shit. Say it's not even that good. At least when you get off, people are going to be like, damn. Like, he went up there and had the balls to, like, come out and, like, say all that shit. Or he's dealing with a lot. Whatever it is, they're going to have so much more respect for you that you were able to go up there and say all that shit than if you went up there and you weren't that good and the whole time you just vented about your ex. Mm. You're going to get off stage and you're not going to get that respect. People are just going to be like oh, well, he basically just went and vented and he's not good at comedy and he's a dick, you know? I think that's very humanizing in a way as well. It makes you uh, relatable when you get up there and, you know, talk about yourself and things like that. See, that's my issue, um, trying to write my own set. Um, I automatically, uh, you know, I, mean? I, I love I love what you did there because you you, you, you created the, the, the vision of a foundation, right? This is where you should start, you know what I mean? Versus when I write my comedy, obviously... I'm going off of what I've seen on TV. So I love how you created that because, you know what I mean, I study cats like Bill Burr and things like that, and so obviously my jokes are going to come off if I'm trying to mimic to a degree what he's doing, you know what I mean, offensive or uh, edgy, you know what I'm saying? Just because, but I love that you, you painted the, the latter to a degree. Like, man, start off here, build your way there because you mentioned he knows all the tricks, the ins and outs of the game. Because people don't realize how hard it is to basically be like, kind of a dick up there, but be able to, like, mm-hmm. get away with it or make people laugh or not. They, they don't know how hard of a move that is. Mm-hmm. It's like watching basketball, and it's like, they see it, and they're like, I could do that move. It's like, no, that move is like, that move, like, makes my brain explode. You know, like, we, can, we can't do that six years in, hardly. Right. You know? I mean, there's kind of a few here that can do that in Tulsa. There's a couple, but it's like, it's just... It's a lot more than you think it is, and usually what happens is people go up there and they try to do that move, and it doesn't go over, and then they quit. Mm. You know, they they don't know that if they had started with a more self-deprecating, like start with you, you know, because the whole time you're doing that, half the time people are like, yeah, but what about you? Like literally, like you have all this shit to say, but like, what you don't have any flaws or anything? There's nothing you could be talking about about right. yourself, like, you know, it's just kind of a bad look. It looks very self-unaware too. Mm. Anytime you look really self-unaware on stage. Like you, you know, you're not sharing anything about yourself. You look like you don't know where you are, you know. I don't know. It's just, yeah. The more self-awareness you look like you have, the the more, um, the better your set will be. 
I like that a lot. I like that. I'm really glad he told you all of that because, like, that is exactly what I was. I have been trying to tell you. It's just not in the right words. Right. Because, Definitely. I mean, and I'm not trying to be an asshole. Just some of the jokes that, I mean, he has written have been pretty on the line of things. And I know that he gets upset when I'm like, I don't really... I think a part of that ties into because, like, (laughs) obviously I want to be myself on stage. You know what I mean? I know what I like. You know what I'm saying? So when I'm writing, I'm like, let me create things that obviously I thought was funny, you know? Um, Go ahead. You got something? Well, I was thinking a little bit, like, um, when it comes to, like, edgy, more offensive humor, um, I've always felt like you've kind of almost had to build rapport Mm. with an audience first. Like, Bill Burr and, like, all of them, they can say that because at a certain point they kind of expect that person to say that. Right. You have, like, for you, it would be like, oh, who's this guy? Exactly, right. Well, that's so true. Like, they basically have, like, the clout and the platform to be able to get away with it, like, automatically. I mean, if they're charging $100 tickets to see them and they're in, you know, the Tulsa Theater or Kane's Ballroom, like, automatically they can just walk out and start doing whatever the fuck they want because people paid $100 to see that shit. But like Tracy said, if you can win the audience over in the first five minutes, then yeah, you can kind of, you know, venture off into a little more once you got them, mm. once they're like on your side. But it's just typically the reason why I said it all the way I did was pretty much that doesn't happen very often. Like people don't really know how to do that. It's rare. I haven't seen someone start out in Tulsa with like three minutes of super self-deprecating and then they start going edgy. It's like, that's a set you're not going to see. You know, it's, yeah. it's usually one way or the other. It's like they have like a self-deprecating set where you're kind of like, oh, like, I fucking like this guy, you know? Or they have a set where it's, like, really edgy out of the gate, you know? And then that's just, it is what it is, like, you know? That that guy, there was somebody that I saw at a open mic stand-up thing at Red's recently, and he, like, right out the gate was talking about, like, women and just kind of, like, telling these really um, sexist kind of edgy jokes. And for me, someone who had no idea who this guy was, I was like, oh, he's just coming up here and, like, dumping on women. But if it had been somebody, like... Bill Burr or the mm. bigger names I, I would know kind of for their brand like they don't mean it it's just their humor but like for someone right out the gate that I don't even know it's just someone who got on the mic and just started saying a bunch of really like offensive mean things and that's mm. a very good point too that uh, Tracy brings up because she's saying like she basically knows Bill Burr's backstory and at the open mic she doesn't know this guy's backstory so everything is always like you decide in the first like 15 seconds like is this a good person are they likable or whatever and like Bill Burr or whatever doesn't have to deal with that. And it's why The Simpsons is like when you watch The Simpsons, certain stuff is funny because you know Homer's backstory. Like, you know he loves donuts. You know he's like a bad employee at the power plant. You know he's been married to Marge for a long time. But if you didn't know any of that, the jokes land so differently. So you just always have to realize that, like, they are just getting to meet you, like those 30 people at once, you know, and they decide, like, really quickly, like, what they think you are or not. Mm. I like that a lot. Um... So, for somebody just starting out, right, um, not just in comedy, but in entertainment in general, um, how do you go about winning your audience over? How do you go about winning, as you said, the uh, rapport? How do you go about creating that rapport? Yeah, I did I tell the story last time I was on the podcast about the, the show in Arkansas I did that I fucked Maybe. up? Maybe. You told me a couple of stories. I feel like I probably told that story. It was just about me uh, doing really badly and then the long car ride home. Yeah, I think you Okay, I think I already told that story, but I was just thinking of that one. But, um, yeah, how do you get an audience to was like... Was this the one with the fight in the parking lot? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just a... Um, I won't tell that again, but just, like, trying to get an audience to... 
get on your side quickly. I mean, it's it's easier than I'm making it sound. I'm kind of like, you know, um, it's just one of those things. Like, if you had, like, a quick joke about yourself and, you know, ask the audience how they are or whatever. Like, I mean, you can just kind of tell someone kind of just has a, a way with themselves where you kind of get comfortable with them quickly or not. Mm. And that, that's about all it is. Someone, someone said to me once that basically comedy was like, you're driving the car and you're just trying to make the passenger right here feel safe, like that you're not going to crash the car. And pretty quickly early on in the set, like a quick little joke, they're like, it's comfortable. This guy's not going to say anything weird. He knows what he's doing. You know, he's not going to come out with like a really bad racist joke. Like they're, they're comfortable. They're relaxed, you know, like you can tell at the loony bin when you go sit down right away, like right, like the first joke, you just sit back. You're like this, this, he's got it. You know, like this girl's got it. You know, there's nothing to be, you're not worried for them that they're going to bomb. Right. You know, and there's a weird thing like when you go to open mics where you start to feel like nervous for the comic that they're not having a good time up there, that they're going to bomb or, you know, that they're uncomfortable. Mm. It's just like a human thing. You can feel it. Second yeah. hand cringe. Yeah. Where, yeah. where you're just like, yeah, you see your friend and you just like, and it's hard to laugh when you're like not comfortable. Right. Too. So you want to put the audience at ease somehow. Mm. And yeah, like a quick, comfy joke that like, you know, that's a comfortable joke that, that works, you know, that a lot of people say make your first joke your second best joke that you have and then close on, like, the best joke that you have. Mm. So once you do that first joke and it goes over, it's kind of like your card that, like, yeah, you're, you're good at comedy, you're a comic, whatever. You know, you get that, um, I'm trying to think of the word. Pass. Yeah, you get the pass with the crowd, you know. Like you're that. you're like you're you know you're basically like showing your ID like I can be in the club like I'm in the club I like you know I'm 21, I like you know. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, just a quick story the other day on the on the note of comedy, um, the other what was it two Wednesdays ago we were at Hunt Club Hunt Club right where they did an open mic uh, yes stand up open mic mm-hmm. uh, just laying out an example of obviously from what you guys are describing what not to do right. Um, <laughs> And this guy did what not what what, what not to do. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, because I walked out. Okay, so I am. walking I, audience members. That's the it, eight of us. It's all, the content. Our entire group it's walked out. So it's like four other people. I think that's Ouch. my nightmare to like be on stage like in a I show and just see. And I those comics hang. rarely give a fuck too. They're like fine. Like they don't care. As no, long as they you're don't. happy you with didn't. yourself, be happy with yourself. You know, that's fine. But it was the content matter. What was it? It was child, yeah, pedophilia. pedophilia stuff, bro. Stuff. It's like, yo, that's not funny. Stop. Did no, about them, about them. I guess not. Like, it was really uncomfortable for me, man. So oh, I had to leave. You know, I had to go to the other. I was just like, I'm not here for this. This isn't funny. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes <laughs> I like edgy stuff, but that's not that's that's, that's not even edgy. That's like. There's a big difference between, like, offensive shock humor and just, I'm going to say this because you don't expect me to say it. It's kind of like the whole, a big thing I have with M. Night Shyamalan is, yeah, yeah, I didn't see the twist coming, but that doesn't make it good. Like, just Mm. because I'm not expecting you to say something doesn't mean it's funny. Right. I definitely agree. I did watch a chick, though, do sort of the same bit, right? A while back, she was on TV. Uh, I think it was on, uh, it's uh, called... I don't know. Every time he looks at me, yeah, I always get like worried. Like I should know what he's talking about, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't um, know why you're looking at me. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't even remember her name, but she did the same bit. But she was talking about how she hates kids, blah blah blah. Uh, as a parent, 
But she was talking about like, like when my son brings, you know what I mean, those young boys home. No, I'm just playing. But like it went over. You know what I mean? It went over, so... Who was it? I don't remember her name. She was kind of hot, so... Well, like, well, let me think, too. Like, I oh, think... Cool. That's <laughs> all he remembers. Forgiven. <laughs> right, she's good. You know what I mean? Well, the, the part of comedy, too, that, like, almost everybody I talk to has seen almost no open mics, but they've seen tons and tons of, like, comedy at the highest level, like, on television, Comedy Central, and stuff like that. And it's so much easier to learn from the open mic, seeing what not to do, than it is watching on TV, seeing what to do. Mm. You know, I I don't know anyone that could learn more watching TV or watching comedy specials than they could go into open mic. Because you'll see... Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so what happened here, um, the reason the conversation is switching is because for some reason... Um, my laptop quit recording. Shouts out to Audacity. Um, <laughs> so to kind of fill you guys in where we're at, um, we are now talking about monologuing. Evan Hughes hates Ben Affleck. <laughs> and now, His characterization. Now we're going to pan over to um, Miss Tracy Powers, and she's going to let us know uh, a monologue that she thought of. It was, uh, so I actually talk about BoJack Horseman a lot. Okay. I love it's BoJack one- Horseman. Thank you. Evan doesn't. It's fine. My friend Landry Miller wrote for it, and I don't like my friend Landry Miller. <laughs> Landry Miller is another stand-up comedian. Yeah. Here. I've seen him. He's the guy is with that the, the glasses. Guy with the... Yeah. Wow. I didn't know he had a credit oh. for that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool guy. Shouts out to him. You should yeah. bring a BoJack Horseman. But I think my favorite monologue ever is actually an entire episode of BoJack Horseman. It's called Free Churro. I don't want to get too much into spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it. watch this tonight. But it is the entire episode is BoJack Horseman delivering a eulogy, and it is absolutely nothing else. It ends on kind of a lame joke that made me, like, laugh my ass off, but (laughs) it was the most emotional thing I had ever seen. I don't know if this will make sense, but, like, there wasn't a lot of emotion in his voice. Right. But he's very monotone. He's very cut and dry. Like, this is what happened. This was this person. And then he goes off on all these different ch- tangents. And <coughs> he's just, one minute he's telling an anecdote about his mother and his father. And the next second he's, like, dumping on a TV show. Kind of like how Evan was dumping on Ben Affleck. Uh-huh. <laughs> but <laughs> I am. Um, but it was just, like, the thing that stood out to me. I approve of that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the thing that made it stand out to me was how like natural it was. This man was just talking. Mm. He was, but in the same breath, he was delivering like this whole big message. And it's harder to explain when I'm trying not to give away details. Right. right. But if you go through and like you just <laughs> listen to it as its own thing, you almost don't even need to watch the episodes that came before or that came after it. Like you understand this character. You understand why he is the way that he is and then why he continues to be the way that he is. And it's almost like you could take the entire show and the entire character arc of him and just condense it into one, like... That episode. What was the episode called? Free Churro. Free Churro. And you said this is is this this is the one... Like, does it show scenes of, like, him sitting in front of a TV um, when he's a little kid and I think his father's in there? And so I think I have seen this, but I, I missed completely what you were talking I'm going to have to go back and watch for that in particular because I think I just watched it to watch it. Um, but that's incredible. I'm going to definitely have to check that out. I love that it's from a cartoon. Yeah, you know I mean? it was one of those shows that I actually, I uh, I wrote it off for the longest time. I refused to watch it because I would see like little 
like snippets and stuff I'm like that looks so stupid it just it looks like one of those like 3 a.m. adult swim shows those it are the definitely best shows does seem that way and um, the best shows and then you watch it, and then all of a sudden, like, I would have certain episodes, especially, like, the last season, where I would have to stop it and walk away, just because, like, it would strike very specific chords in me. And it's one of those TV shows where there are so many different characters with very specific, relatable arcs to where I don't think there's a person who could watch it and not relate to at least one person in a very personal, almost attack kind of way. I'm enjoying your view on this. Um, I think that that's incredible. Uh, incredible pair of eyes to even look at that show through. Because you're right, everybody on that show is fucking relatable. Um, Bojack's depressed. You know what I mean? I feel like a majority of people relate to that. I know I do. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Homeboy on the couch. Kind of a loser, doesn't know where to go with his life. I know I do. You know what I mean? I, I relate to that as well. Aubrey Plaza is just hot, so you know what I mean. That's the chick who. Plays I relate the chick. to that because because she's hot. She's hot. So I, just, <laughs> I like her, but you're completely right. I think that that's incredible. It's funny actually because um, and I think this kind of proves my point that I was making earlier in a way. Like uh, Diane, I hated her character for the longest time. Which one's Diane? Is that the cat? Uh, no, Girl. Diane is one of the human characters. She's married to a uh, Mr. Peanut Butter, the dog character. But I hated her. That's Aubrey Plaza, right? That's who played uh, Aubrey Plaza. I don't. I, think, I don't remember know. her name. I know she was in Community. <laughs> the, um, she. That's Aubrey Plaza. Is yeah. Aubrey Plaza in Community. You go ahead. But I'm pretty I, sure. I'm pretty sure I, she is. I don't remember her in the Community. She's one of those actresses where, like, I know her name. But she. Yeah. Is she the white but girl? I won't know until I see her face. Or was Aubrey Plaza? Aubrey Plaza. Plaza. Was she on Community Plaza. or was she on Parks and Rec? Parks those and are Rec. Two different people. Parks and I Rec. I might have lied. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza was in Parks and Rec. Because there's another hot chick in the community, so I, did, I was like, she might be. <laughs> I love. This is like the third time that I've I've heard like, oh yeah, she's hot. That's how. I, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. But um, <clears throat> I do love that though. Um, it's just me. But yeah, hated her. Couldn't figure out why I hated Diane. And, like, any time there was an episode that settled around her, I didn't want to watch it. I was, like, she aggravated me in almost a very personal way. Mm. And then after a while, like, towards the end, like, the last season, I realized that I hated her so much because every flaw that she showed that pissed me off were mine. Mm. And I was, like, oh, it wasn't so much that I hated her, but, like, they painted her Allison as Allison Brie. That's who it is. That she was in Community. That's the chick from She's the, the chick. She's hot. She's <laughs> Yeah, no, it's one of those things to where, like, it it makes you look at yourself, whether you want mm. to or not. And, like, it lures you in. It kind of gets you with, like, the corny humor and the animation, like, the wacky style. And then it kind of makes you look at yourself through this uncomfortable lens that I think we all need. It humbles you, in my opinion. I think that that's beautiful um, as well. Uh, the whole idea, right, of... I'm a nerd. Let me nerd out. Okay. Television, movies, entertainment in general, right? Um, there's a thing that it does where it helps us escape, but then it also teaches us all these life lessons, these things about ourselves, these things about the world that like, we're not aware of within ourselves or just, you know what I mean, in general. And I just think and that's why I love it so much. It's, so you can't get it anywhere else. It's, it's amazing. You know what I mean? Uh, my nerd moment. Go ahead. So there's <laughs> Anybody this, that wants there's to this um, other show on Netflix that is an animated show, and I think that you would really like it because it's about this kid, right, who has this, like, thing 
that he can like get into and it transfers him into a different reality. It's Rick and Morty. No, shut up. <laughs> I don't like. See, it was no, Rick no, and Morty. Shut up and listen to like. me. Shut up and Go listen ahead. to me. He is recording everything in his life. He brings around a recording device and goes and like talks to all these different people and records it. Yeah. Oh, Rick and Morty. Fuck you. Um. And so, wow. dude, the ending. I don't give me the. Ending. I'm not gonna tell you. It is so good. Okay. He sounds like a podcaster. He basically, I mean, I think I would, I would put him in that category of yeah. That's dope. Yeah, it is. You should watch it, but I don't remember what the thing is called. But it's like a rainbow. It's like rainbow colors, really bright rainbow. I'll have colors. to look for the rainbow lettering. Um, it's I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> I think one of my favorite monologues, like I said, this is why I love Kevin Smith, right? Because all of Kevin Smith's movies are basically just one giant monologue. You know, it's full of dialogue. You feel me? Uh, so everybody just has these long speeches. Um, there's this film called Chasing Amy. I was about to say I was gonna ask if you're about to talk about Chasing Amy. I am. So there's a scene where and I cry. Because Ben Affleck's in it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the best. And they're sitting, they're sitting, and I'm going to slaughter it. But um, that's, he's just the king. Even in Batman versus Superman, tell me, do you believe? And I was like, bro, <laughs> I can't handle it. I was just too much, bro. He, he's the greatest. Evan Hughes. He is the greatest. I have a new respect for him. I didn't. I don't think I realized that anyone liked him that much. But like knowing that someone does brings him up to me. Like I've always been impressed by like if someone can get people loving them that much. I'm always like, well, like and then it, he deserves it. It's definitely his monologues for me that got me to like him and Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith co-signed, so I'm just a sucker for whatever he says is right. I'm just like, if you're right, that's the <laughs> um, for Matt Damon though. We can hate Matt Damon. Fuck Matt Damon. Matt uh, why? Damon. Matt Just Damon. Just forget about Matt Damon. I, yeah. That's exactly why. Because he wants to be Ben Affleck, but he's not Ben Affleck. <laughs> he's Matt Damon. But, so in Chasing Amy, right? Uh, there's a scene where they're in the car. Him and his girlfriend, who was... Oh, uh, she wasn't his girlfriend at the, in, the, in that scene. She's I like, thought he was going to say Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> this chick is also hot. <laughs> um, but they were chasing her. <laughs> so she's a lesbian in the film, right? Um, and Ben Affleck, they start off as best friends. Um, and as us guys do, being around a woman as a friend, you can't. Well, a lot of times we catch feelings, and that's what humans do, not just guys. Let me not box people in. Um, I do that sometimes. I don't know. Small-minded. Uh, but, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're best friends, but he loves her. He fucking loves her, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they're sitting in the car, and, like, they're having a good time, and she stole this picture from him, or for him from, like, this fucking diner that they just ate at. He's like, I can't believe you did that for me. You know what I mean? Blah, blah, Ben Affleck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he looks at her and he's like, you know, I gotta tell you something, you know? And she's like, okay, why are you being weird? She got this little voice so fucking hot. Oh my God. You know what I'm saying? Reminds me of Aubrey Plaza. He tells her that he loves her. He tells her that he loves her, right? And like, she doesn't take it well. She's like, why the fuck would you do that to us like we're, we're best friends like why would you ruin this she starts fucking crying freaking out they step outside shouts out to Kevin Smith it's fucking raining you know what I'm saying <laughs> fucking raining you know it's just a beautiful fucking moment and I love it and then also in that same film Silent Bob has a beautiful uh, monologue about chasing Amy and he talks about how there was this girl uh, that he, he he was dating once upon a time and you know what I mean uh they're having a good, probably the best girl you ever dated, he says. And um, 
halfway through the story, he talks about how she talks about how she had a threesome one time, and just like a guy does, we got insecure about it because uh, because of our own selves. Like that was a part of her life that does shouldn't matter to him because she, that was her past experiences. She's with him now, you know what I mean? Um, and he let his insecurities get in the way, and he fucking you know you know what? Fuck you. We can't be together. Uh, and then he said, some, and then I finally realized in myself that, that wasn't right. And then, like, that was the girl. And I, I obviously had issues within myself. And now I spend every day chasing Amy, light cigarette. And then Jason Muse comes in with the J, the J, snoochie boochies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it makes it fucking, it, it was just, it's so good, guys. It's so good. I love, I love monologuing. That's what I'm telling you. Like, That's what I mean. Like, that scene that just makes you kind of sit there and go, damn. Right. It's so dope. It's the, the, that's what film is for me when you can capture those fucking moments Tarantino is full of fucking dialogue um, where there's monologues in it. I'm trying to think of one I can't think of one off head Samuel's uh, Samuel Jackson yeah famous moment yeah. in Pulp Fiction you know what I mean uh, where he starts quoting the Bible verse and all of that shit like it's, just, it's incredible it's incredible that's what I look for in films is dialogue heavy dialogue you know what I mean that's what I get off on all the action scenes and shit are cool but like what the fuck are you trying to talk about? Well, it kind of uh, it comes back to in my head uh, what Tracy was talking about um, earlier. I can't remember what you, you were talking about. How when you watch, um, damn, what is the the BoJack Horseman, mm-hmm. and and you understood that character's backstory and why they were like that. And I feel like that is what you got to do in any kind of like you know production of anything, film, TV, like plays or whatever. You want the audience to like understand that character's backstory mm. and comedies like that too you want to try to get the audience to kind of understand and appreciate your backstory kind of see where you're coming from and kind of like relate to you um like in anything and like all, all the stuff where that doesn't happen where you're just like i don't fucking understand this character at all you know that's all that never really goes over very well mm. and in comedy too where you're like seeing someone perform and you're just like i don't know why they're like this unless it's like there's a way to make that funny, but it still has to be kind of like, you know, you know that they know, you know, what what they're doing in a way, if that makes sense. A kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of, I explained everything so much better in the 27 minutes that were lost. It's a, <laughs> doing phenomenal. Shouldn't have okay. talked bad about it. Um, it was that moment. Just, there, there's a kind of way to like, hang out your character in a way, or like, let it loose in a way where it's like, it's like, you guys get that, like, you know who I am. And they're right. like, yeah, we know who you are. And you're like, yeah, that is who I am. You know, there's a way to do that, like, with your energy and the way you speak. Um, you can, it's it's something that it almost seems, like, impossible or whatever, but it's, like, definitely. Like, my friend, uh, Demario Oates, he's a, he's a local comic, one of the best ones in the state to me by far. And he, he has a way, he has a way to do that, and, like, really quickly, too. Like, there was a, a contest at Looney Bin with um, a bunch of uh, comics in it, and he pretty much went up there with, like, no real material, didn't bring anyone to the show, you know, won the thing. And there were comics after the show that were kind of, like, upset about it. They were like, he didn't even, like, fucking do any jokes, and he beat us, you know, and, like, they were, like, you know, kind of mystified by it and not kind of upset. And it was just like, but if you saw Demario, like, he... he The minute, like, he walked up on stage, like, the way he looks and whatever you would, like, think about him... Like, his first bit was sort of, like, he made a joke about, like, getting high right before or whatever. Whatever it was, I couldn't remember what it, what he said. But right away, it was, like, he basically let the audience know. It's, like, whatever you already thought about me when you saw me, that's who I am. You know, it was right away, it was, like, it was already, like, 
you know the character, I'm the character, let's go. You know, it was very quick. And see, I like that. I feel like within your story, that's what that's what makes it sense. Like, it, it sounded like he was relatable off top. You know off, what I mean? Yeah, and off I top. feel like that's what we look for when watching comedians or watching any of this. We're looking for that relatable character. You know what I mean? Like I said, a lot of times this entertainment is a form of escapism. You know what I mean? Uh, is escapism the proper word? Yeah. The, okay, cool. An audience seemed to like to be proven right about whatever they thought you were. Mm. Whatever you look like, like, they want to be told, like, yeah, I'm exactly mm. you know basically if you go up there and you're completely different than what you thought they were I mean that, that could still work but it's like they they definitely like feeling like they're right about you mm. I like that I like that um, I think I talked to you a little bit about this on the last show but um, just as far as the way I okay so I view comedians um, a lot of because you guys are you guys are truth speakers right you guys speak the truth about yourself you guys speak the truth about the world in the highest and lowest form you know what I mean uh, you guys are just honest so to me you guys are preachers to a degree right so when I say that it's because you a lot of times when you watch comedy you, you leave or at least when I, I feel like it's good comedy you leave learn you leave with something new you know what I mean? you, you always learn something are you guys feeling what I'm saying you guys, or am I just mm-hmm. fucking running my mouth sounding stupid um like like George Carlin, for instance, right? Every time you watch his fucking shit, hey, it doesn't even seem like it's a, a comedy show. It seems like it's a, like a TED Talk. I'm George Carlin, and this is my TED Talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's exactly what I feel. Um, but even on just different levels, you always just feel like... Uh, I don't know if you guys get the same feeling, though. Like, I, I feel like I learned something. What do you guys think? You talk to me. Tell me what you feel. Well, bringing up Carlin, like, what always was amazing about him was he was like... The way he spoke was like music. You know, even if you didn't understand any of the words he was saying, he had, like, the highs and lows and the whisper and then the loud. And, you know, and it was like you would just listen to it, regard, even if he was just, like, reading names out of a phone book. Right. You know, it was still great. And that's his rhythm is kind of what he had that really was one of his biggest things. I mean, also, like, you know, when he was funny, too, and what he was saying, like, that was just, like icing on the cake even right you know Carlin was just fun just to like to listen to he's amazing he's amazing uh I've definitely enjoyed have you guys got to peep George Carlin any of his work I don't think I have I know I haven't do you know how I found out about George Carlin oh it all ties back into Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith. Jay and Silent Bob oh yeah cause he was a, yeah he was in um uh what's the Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back no but he was also in um damn I can't think of the name of it the one about religion Dogma. He, he was, was in Dogma. Preacher. He was in You're Dogma. Right. Yeah. Nice. He was. He was. I learned about him from uh, Jay and Silent Bob uh, Strikes Back. There's a scene where they're hitchhiking and George Carlin's out there and he's, you know, you guys know why you're not getting picked up? Because you don't follow the book of the road. And they're like, what the, what the fuck's the book of the road? <laughs> and he's like, well, the old book of the road means if they pick you up, don't be afraid to give them a little head. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, Jason, Jason's like, no, nah, bro, on this line, we ain't gay. We don't do this. He's like, it's not gay. It's just the, it's the way of the road. <laughs> you know, and then this truck pulls up this semi, and he gets in. Later, guys, remember, follow the book of the road. And then goes in <laughs> and get, proceeds to give guys head. Yeah, whatever, it's cool. I fuck with it. It's dope. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how I learned about George Carlin, man. Uh, well, we have gotten an hour in. You know what I'm saying? I've definitely enjoyed vibing with y'all, rocking with y'all, chopping it up. Uh, do you guys got anything you want to plug up? Um, I'm glad I ended on like a head 
If you, if you get right. it out in time, this Saturday I'm doing a fundraiser for TNT Wings. Okay, okay, yeah. A lot of artists are going to be out there yeah, as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm hosting the show at Heirloom Rustic Ales that starts at 1, and it's got... I could I could do the like the lineup real quick. I'll just pull my phone out and uh, tell you guys when what is the this, lineup is. Is this episode that. dropping Friday or Saturday? So I we, know that we're... Oh. So we got at Whittier Bar, um, starting at 12.30... Um, DJ Sir Mike is at that one. It's got like Cara Dawn, mm. BNC, Alexandria, Lovelace, mm. Mike D. Heirloom's got uh, DJ Doc Freeman. Um, I'm hosting that. Chico's Fios, Kick Topless. Kick Topless. Uh, uh, Solar Star, BB, Easy. And then Lovemore, DJ Fist to Face, Savvy Cray, Jonesy, uh, Burns, Forchi, uh, Youth, and Keezy Cuts. And those are all the Lovemore show starts at 2 30. Heirloom is at 1. And Whittier starts at 12.30. So they staggered everybody's set time. So you could watch somebody. These are all in walking distance in the Kendall-Whittier neighborhood. And you can see another one and then walk back to the other one and then walk to the other one. So it's through the three venues. That's awesome. Between like basically 1 and 6 p.m. And then it's over. And these are incredible lineups as well. Um, I know a lot of these artists that you listed, man. And. Yeah, definitely check that out. TNT Wings, uh, and they got a new uh, a TNT shirt that you can buy. All the money's going to go to TNT. Um, it's like the like the Dare shirt. Oh my oh, god! Yeah, that's yeah. Cool as fuck. So it's like a limited edition shirt just for this. So where can you get that? Do you um, know the, the show on Saturday? Do you know the backstory? Of what happened? I I don't know any more than the truck got caught on fire. I talked to Nancy, the owner, like the day of. But I was just sending her, like, well wishes and stuff, and we were just talking back and forth. I didn't even ask her what happened. And I ran into Nephew, who's worked on the truck since the beginning. He just assured me that they were going to get another truck. He's like, it's not over. It's not over. Don't even worry about it. And that really, like, put me at ease, just hearing that. Yeah. Because you know? I was worried. I was worried when I thought they were going to be gone for good, like, you know, two months before the fire, when they had just announced that I didn't know where they were going to end things. Mm. I haven't I haven't got to try their food yet. I really want to, but um, I just think that that's unfortunate. You know what I mean? But they, they they're gonna come back, so it's all good. Yeah, I've know? been on two of the uh, different anniversary shows, and then I got my own menu item on it. Mm-hmm. So I've been I've been following them and just been eating there for years now. I saw that you had your own menu. You um, one of your Facebook videos. I saw that. Yeah, I got the uh, Cajun chicken. Yeah, yeah. Cajun I don't chicken. know how I got. I got such a good one. I got I got honored. It's because you're a badass. <laughs> you're having you. That's incredible. Babe. I'm going to have to try it, though. I'm going to have to check out their fucking league. I'm starving. It sounds I know. Like I'm right just now. thinking about it right now. That Who sounds is? amazing. <laughs> but um, what about you? You got anything coming up? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, when does uh, the drunkard, drunkard show start again? We're supposed to start back up again in May. I actually got a lucky enough to be put on the cast list for like the first five performances coming back. I congratulations. Yeah, congrats. I don't know for certain if we're doing one on the first. Cause I think that's the first Saturday in May, but I know um, from the eighth onward. Okay. We're gonna be coming back on our Saturday shows. How much do the tickets usually run for something like that? You know, I don't exactly. It's been like a year it's of okay. a pandemic that uh kept me from it so I'm not off the top of my head I couldn't tell you but if you go look up the Spotlight Theater um, and hit up their box office they'd be able to let you know I'd definitely like to check something up like check something like that out you know what I mean it's one like melodrama is one of my favorite types of shows to do mostly like the best way I can describe it of how it feels to me is like you take everything you know about like good acting and you just kind of throw it away mm. 
And it's very, like, vaudeville-esque. Everybody's, like, over-exaggerating. It's kind of, like, corny. It's There are some sad moments, but even those are played up for laughs. It's it's a great show. I think it's probably one of the most fun performances I've ever been able to do. I might have to check it out. I'm definitely going to have to see what's up. Um, we need to figure out about getting you over there at the uh, 46 Bar with us. You know what I mean? We're doing, I think they got the lineup for this show done um, already, but... Yeah, I can talk to Caleb, and I'll, I'll do one eventually, yeah, for I'm sure. sure. I'll throw you on. I'm trying to get Allie to get out there and get to work, man, which I don't know what she's doing. She's busy living It's rest. hard when you haven't done it for a long time, because then you, you're like, oh, man, I'm going to be rusty. You know, I, after not performing during the pandemic for six months, I was like, oh, shit, like, this is going to be really hard. How are the queso queens? Yeah, they're great. I mean, they don't, they don't, they do stand up each on their own, but they don't do stand-up, like, together as, like, a duo. So they're queso queens. I think of it as kind of, like, separate from their, like, their stand-up. Right. But um, they're both great. I mean, I think Casey's been doing it, like, a little bit longer than Ashlyn, but I got to see both of them, like, when they first started from, like, the very beginning to, to like, how good they ended up getting, you know. Casey was so dope when she came through here. Yeah, she Casey's great, cool man. Chick. Like, I've never met anyone that, like, speaks like Casey, you know what I mean? Like, Casey's, Casey's set is Casey's. Like, if Casey didn't perform, no one else is ever doing that set. You know, there's no other Casey Malone out there. Like, there's no one else even that has, like, her name. Like, she has her name on every social media, every, like, she got registered on Gmail. There's, like, no other Casey Malone's that spell her name like her anywhere. And there's, like, no one that has her personality. Yeah. So... She was just such a dope speak, man. I appreciate you sending her my way. Uh, we genuinely enjoyed rocking yeah, with her. Yeah, she was cool. Yeah, she sent me a message right away, and she was just like, Castro's great. That show was so fun. Thank you so much. That's good. Makes me really happy. Yeah. We, we try. Um, yeah, she was really dope. Another cool lady. I know I'm kind of just talking now. We're still on recording. Um, <laughs> another dope interview I got to do recently was, uh, you mentioned Cara Dawn will be doing uh, some stuff at the uh, TNT Wings. Uh, Kara Dawn was a really sweet lady too. She did a tarot read from me for me. I've nice. never had that happen like on the show too. Like that's pretty cool, man. Oh yeah, you know she's cool saying? as fuck. I uh, hung out with her and um, Lace the other night. Love Lace. Love Lace. Have you got to meet Kara? Yeah, I've met I met both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're super cool. Yes, I love how connected everybody is, right? Because before you get into all of this, I don't know what to call it, like the entertainment world, right? Uh, Tulsa to me seemed really big like it was like but then like you get into this and like we're just all chopping it up everybody knows everybody we're just I think it's cool I like it a lot it makes no me I, I love that yeah it's just Work kind of the central the the venues downtown I mean if you're performing at you know the shrine or blackbird or rabbit hole like you know people are gonna see you on a flyer they're gonna meet you if you go hang out like right. you're gonna bump into people and everybody knows someone through someone you could pull up any of these people as like 68 mutual friends you know, yeah. 200 mutual friends, and it's like, okay, like, okay, they're friends with, you know, their sister was, like, my dentist, you know. Right. It's, it's all, that's Tulsa every time. That's so, why you can't be shitty to anyone, because it is like that. Right. Everybody figures everything out. Since we got involved with this, the podcast and world and things like that, and getting to sit down with cool people like you guys, I feel like I'm in New York now, because, like, you know, when people in New York, they all know, like, a, a stand-up comedian or, like, an actress or, like, a fucking musician, like, Everybody I know now does fucking awesome shit, and, and the nerd in me is just stoked all the time. I'm just having the best time of my life <laughs> talking to all of y'all. Um, anyways, 
Tia, you want to do the thing? We yeah, do, uh, do real quick, before that, May 1st, 7 p.m. is Tulsa, Tulsa Threat's first f- football game. Hey, well, I don't know. a football player. I don't know if you guys know Yeah, that. I play for Tulsa Threat. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's going to be our first fucking game. I've got tickets. If you want to buy them, I mean, like, you should because... Have you posted you to the page yet? Want it. I can't post anything to the page <laughs> yet. So, no. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> All right, well, we'll figure that um, out. But, yeah, so hit me up if you want some tickets for the game, bro. I got you back. True indeed. Um, other than that, if you want to go ahead and become one of the last six people before we hit 100, 700, what? I'm almost said at 700 now? Yeah. 700 followers, you want to come follow us on Facebook. You can find us at With All Due Respect Podcast. True indeed. And then if you want to check out these pictures I took today and every other day, um, you can follow us on Instagram. And that is uh, with all due respect, 001. And then, oh my God, we have Twitter too. And it's super cool because the handle is completely different. And it's um, at A underscore broadcasting. Why? We don't know. What do we even do on like Twitter? <laughs> it's really difficult because I, I spend most of my time on Instagram. Because we have a lot more followers on Instagram than, like, the four people that follow us on Twitter. I tag Kevin Smith in everything we post. Do you really? Yes. Fuck Kevin Smith. I'm going to get him. We're going to get him on this podcast. He's going to come here. He will. But, um, yeah, I just share the thing to Twitter. Every time a thing comes out, I share it. I think, see, this is why you're my social media lady, because you tag It's absolutely awful. I don't put any effort into Twitter at all. We should just delete it. And then artists, if you guys want to send your uh, music in, anything like that, uh, go ahead and hit us up at for the radio Wait. show, the WADR radio show at 91.1 FM. Uh, go ahead and send us in your music MP3 away files at... Uh, with all due respect, podcast001 at gmail.com. Uh, I'm Castro X, uh, Two Titty Tia, uh, Evan Hughes, and Tracy Powers. Thank you so much, and we out. We out.